Welcome to my podcast. And at this time of year, I'm thinking of January, which is derived from the Roman god Janus, who was double-headed, looking backwards and forwards. So I'm sitting here with my husband, Geordie, and I thought we might reflect on the challenges of the past year and, as ever, the hopes for the new year for 2022. Well, of course, the year started in a, in a bit of a dark way with the continuing um, lockdowns and difficulties with, with, with COVID. But we were looking forward to, to, to vaccines, which, of course, came and have been, have been fantastic. What a, what a programme. But we did have a slow start to the year. And, and then we really moved forwards from the summer onwards. But we had the excitement in the, in the spring and into the early summer of the Downton Abbey movie 2 film being, being filmed at Highclere. And it was great to see all the, the, the family of the, of the Downton Abbey crew uh, cast back with us. It was actually, and it was enormously reassuring, I think for them as well as us. And it was a huge achievement to, be, um, to have made the film in such a challenging time. And, you know, I watched Mark Hubbard, the producer, and Liz Trubridge and Gareth and Judy came down a few times as they wrestled with the challenges of keeping everybody safe and we were PCR tested every other day with a team of medics but but actually as far as I'm aware we all made it through and everyone was so careful and so respectful that this was lives and jobs and the delight of the audience (laughs) hopefully at the result of the whole filming. Well, there were some great spring days, and the colour was was coming back in the gardens, and of course the, the the great azaleas, everything in May, and they and they were part of a, of an uplifting mood amongst amongst all the nice seasonal things that, that that were happening, really, and we were therefore looking forward to a, a more positive time. And of course, come come to a bit a, a bit frustratingly late for us, we were finally allowed to open end end of June, and we started in July. We opened very happily, but it did in quite a sort of controlled way because we want to be respectful to those who we're still really quite concerned about, about the virus and being, and being too close to people. So we managed that quite carefully, didn't we, Fer? Really? We did. I mean, John, our castle manager, was amazing as ever. And, we were, and we're still continuing, obviously, with pre-booked tickets. So we, um, we're trying to tread forward carefully and lightly in what remains quite a challenging world. But, you know, we finished, the film was finished, and I think everyone seems very happy with it. There were some beautiful scenes outside as well as inside. And because the setup here was quite... Um, quite quite large <laughs> with lots of large tents in which to separate everybody and keep everyone safe they did film here an awful lot of days which was wonderful for us that was great but then again again we we, we, we had to maintain our careful flow of, of um visitors through the cast which of course produced occasional queue outside the front door but we always had the amusement of our tall policeman on stilts who was who was entertaining people for the quarter of an hour or so they might be outside the front of the castle arresting me regularly for on a number of trumped up charges to amuse our friends who were arriving there he's great his real name is paul but he was nicknamed plod on stilts which was um, how he used to go around and also because he was here so often he knew exactly where the loos were which was always one question and where the guy gardens were and he had a lot of information he was absolutely charming and obviously as part of the acting cabaret brigade he'd had no work at all so it was 
really wonderful to at least at least help him and welcome him back to Highclere for quite a few days on end. And he became part of the furniture, even if he moved on his very long legs. So the summer went by, and I'm really proud that we sort of made it through, and I hope created some lovely memories and filled everyone with afternoon tea and Louis cocktails. And oh, well, We had our, our glorious early summer moment when we, when we first could have up to just very few people here, and we had our, our virtual cocktail party out in the temple on the East Lawns. Wow, yeah. That was a highlight, really, because that, that, it was a very amusing time, and, and we even ha- had our beautiful grey uh, pony, Arab pony Phoebe, came and joined in the celebration, didn't she? She, she walked amongst us with our cocktails, helped herself to a, bo- a bowl of berries that were meant to be part of the cocktails, and happily sauntered off again. I know. Well, I actually, she came with me for another walk, because she's part of, obviously, the Seasons of Highclere book, and in the winter time. I wrote a story, but from her point of view, about going for a walk with you and I. So she came with me and I sat on a bench and we read the story together. She was actually trying to nibble me. She is a great nibbler. So it was trying to do several things at once. But it has been a year where I guess we've tried to be innovative and above all, keep going. And we had a wonderful magic of the movies, which I think just made people cry with laughter, which was really important. We did our own so little, little, little acting scene, didn't we? Out, out, out by the famous Lady Mary Bench. We did, with different um, victims, if you like, who were guests who were here on the day acting the part. So that was a rather wonderful day, and the weather was very kind to us. And then one of my highlights for the year was probably the High Clear Festival in October, where again, the weather was just glorious. It's often simply wonderful in autumn with the colours and the light, and there was some warmth in the sun. Well, of course, we had some, we had some great leaders in their respective industries speaking that day, didn't we? We did. Well, we'd turned the castle back into um, reflecting its role in World War II. It was a home for evacuee children, full of their stories, and some of the stories central to Highclere during that period and what everybody was doing. We then on Saturday focused on talks and books and people from World War Two and history. And then on the Sunday, I wanted to look forward. So um, one guest who I much enjoyed was Nigel Wilson, who is CEO of Legal in General. And he gave an extraordinary talk about where we should be investing, that we can invest in social housing, it can give good returns, what we should be doing and looking at the long view. So it was a very meaningful and thoroughly sensible and practical approach. But then, and after that, Sir John Bell came who led our vaccine response and he was talking on the lawns in the, in the, in the outside air about, about the response which he'd very much led. He's a Canadian immunologist. Um, and looking forward to the future. And, of course, he also predicted that during the winter, if we hadn't vaccinated enough of the rest of the world, the um, other variants would begin to mutate, which could also be um, challenging for the health of those who had been vaccinated. But he was in for an hour. I don't think anybody moved from any of their seats. It was a great honour to listen to him. And then I listened to you, Jordi, because we had a Farms Not Factories. How to farm, how to look after well, this we had, we beautiful Well, we had a, a fascinating uh, talk on the, on the future of, of agriculture, 
I think I think probably myself and our, our excellent farms manager Simon Andrews were, were somewhere in the middle, but in a, a balance of, of conservation and continuing food production. Um, uh, but then, of course, um, um, our friend Tracy Worcester is, 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 is very keen to, and quite rightly in many ways, to, to be as green as possible and maintain soils as, as much as possible. But, of course, some of those ideas would, would cut food production back a fair bit. I think it's going to be an ongoing debate in, in, um, in, in future years. Because really. we can't just farm the landscape, farm for the benefit of the public. We actually need to still produce some crops because we all need to eat, even though I freely admit I should probably eat a little less. Um, nevertheless, we still need to grow wheat and barley and not import it from far distant lands. No, I think we... Well, we do have to do a bit in a, in a sustainable way, and I think we're all moving in a way to look at um, soils, water, the, the structure of, of the, the carbon structure of how we farm in, in a more detailed and precise way in, 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 in coming years. But of course, we're still enjoying, though, uh, apart from growing human food, growing oats for our four-legged friends here, who hopefully run at speed around nice racetracks like Newbury. Though, of course, this time of year, there's probably a triumph of hope over experience when you have <laughs> yearlings that are going into training who, who are all swans and glorious at this time of the year, but don't always maintain quite the same amount of speed later in the summer. Yes, I know. Well, and then also we've got some foals who are going to be born in. Is it late February? Uh, February, yeah, that February, uh, uh, absolutely, and that, that's a wonderful time. We're always there to help them somehow get up and stagger around because it's so important they get up and, and, and get their first um, a lot of milk from their mum, but it always seems to need a little bit of assistance. <laughs> it is extraordinary because we, um, Geordie, you and I are down there with Maggie in from sort of usually from 11 till 3 in the morning watching this ex- this really extraordinary process. It is it is mesmerizing and then suddenly these extraordinarily long-legged gangly animals are rocking to and fro and trying to balance on their legs so well, you, much if you, if, you, if you breed them and then try and race them they, they are perhaps a bit too close to you you're probably thinking of them as if they're your, your your friendly pet as well as well as the as a racehorse and so you, you know you, you you when they first run you think back to those first early moments <laughs> Yeah, and you hope they've, they've moved on from them, but it's amazing what individual characters they, they still all have. I thought that's always the thing I really notice. It is, isn't it? And then I'm also looking forward at this time of year to the lambing, which is probably in April this year. That's absolute, absolute, absolutely key, and, and it's so Im, Im, important for the, for the um, ewes to have the lambs easily, but then be able to get them out um, and out on the grass and, and, and looking after them. We did have some challenges with the young first-time ewes this last spring, whereas if they had twins, they had one that was absolutely fine, and some of the, uh, the other one may not be so. So that was something we're going to have to watch very closely this, this coming spring. But it's fantastic when the lambs get strong enough to start gambling around Around, and they find tree stumps and get on them and play and it's all and it's all part of the, the whole spring um, atmosphere really. It is and obviously this time last year I was in the midst of writing Seasons at Highclere traveling through the winter with Phoebe in imagination and snowiness and the bleak beauty of winter scenes then into spring and the snowdrops sitting upstairs in the castle because we were closed so I could write with um, endless thermos flasks of tea 
but then looking at the snowdrops and I can see in my mind so clearly the snowdrops followed by the yellow and purple croci and the daffodils and narcissi and coming out adding that those colors to the landscape here in the gardens Geordie which are something I hold now when sometimes it's a little bit gray as I'm looking forward well, yes, the, Se- the Caesars book was a, was a, a great project, a fascinating for the historical anecdotes of the land going back hundreds of, of, of years, as, as well as how we're looking after things now. And, of course, I was trying to be helpful in editing things and checking things over. But at the same time, it really got me looking back into my own archive of, of photographs of, of seasons throughout the year, which now goes back many years, um, of course, uh, held um, digitally. And we did find some, some amazing photographs to go with, 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 with your um, words and text. And it was quite a fun project doing that. And I, and I think some of them are gloriously presented in the book. And I think, I think people will, will really enjoy reading it. It's, it's a great description of, of High Clear today in the past over many years, how the landscape, um, nature, trees, plants, wild animals, domestic animals, all working together and, and then of course find themselves as part of a rather amazing recipes for lamb, beef, venison, uh, vegetarian things, salads, fruits. They're all here at Highclere. It is, and I think there was such diversity in past centuries which struck me as I was researching and writing more so than today, despite the supermarkets and despite the wealth of goods you think we might have. So it was um, fascinating, but it's very much immured in my mind as as I look back over the last year, because writing, I never realised until I started to write what hard work it was. And again, it's all about persistence. It has been an extraordinary year, and obviously we've just um, travelled through Christmas, beginning with the joy of putting up the Christmas tree, which was extraordinary. I think it was watched by 300,000 people I think even more now on your Instagram. But the whole process of of it coming in lying flat and then everything being organised precisely. So when it goes up in the air, it fits properly into its foundation, which was specially made for Christmas trees some years ago. And then there's a lot of orientation of it, so it looks right from the, from the fairy on the top. A lot of pulling of it to get it absolutely straight. And then the long process of getting all the beautiful decorations and baubles on it. And I think that this year's design from, from Sally Popwell, our great um, uh, gift, gift shop person and Christmas decorations designer, I think they look fantastic, really. I think they really do. And it just never, never goes that well. It's never, what's what's amazing is for all our degrees in higher mathematics, and it wouldn't be my degree, the, the tree never ends up the way we want it to, which is always pushing it around on the floor. But it has been wonderful. Again, we've been very careful curating the numbers to, you know, 50% of where we would have been pre-COVID years to make sure that everyone who's here is happy and has the space to sit and not feel concerned um, about um, COVID at all, but has a really nice day out and walk around the gardens, gift shopping, etc. And a lovely tour of the castle. And the guides have been fantastic taking them all around. So I think it's been, I hope it's been much enjoyed and created some fantastic memories. And isn't it extraordinary how important memories have been taking us through the last couple of years, Geordie. 
Well, yes, of course, the, the, the beginning of the, of the very difficult um, lockdown, of course, we had the most wonderful spring in 2020, and it, and it couldn't have been a, a, a better one. It was a, so sad that people couldn't be here and really, really in, in enjoying it. That was something I, I, I remember well. Actually, and back this last April, we had a rather strange case of, of not, a heart, not a drop of rain pretty well fell here for pretty well all of April. <laughs> and then we had a very wet May. So I remember from the farming point of view, our first cut of, of, of haylage, was rather small because of the dry April, but then the second time round there was, there was probably more than enough. But that, of course, is part of the vagaries of farming. And, and even in August, when we wanted to be getting on with harvest, we had half of it as a deluge of rain. So there's always going to be some kind of challenge for the farmer. If it's not one thing, it, it's another. But we just keep on at it because it's such a, it's such an important uh, uh, business, really. It's, it's, in the end, it, it is feeding us day to day. It is feeding us, and it's also. Um, looking, observing, looking after the landscape and the wildlife. It's being so closely in touch with it that I think you can begin to raise a flag and say these trees are not, are not looking so well or, or observe what's right and wrong with it. Perhaps I'm not putting it so clearly. It's that detailed knowledge. It always comes down to the detail, doesn't it? No, it, 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 it does, and, and, it, and, it, and it pays to, to really look at everything around you. I mean, of course, we have the, the real challenge of, of, of the ash tree dieback here, as in many, many other um, places throughout England, and that's going to be one of the things we have to sort out over the coming years. We've already begun doing that here. We're going to have to replant with other species. But there's, there's other um, beech and, and lime and other types that will also grow well in our type of geology and, and, and landscape. But I, one thing I haven't noticed uh, here, I think Highclere seems to be doing well for, for birds from the smallest um, arable birds all the way up to those uh, birds of prey. With, with, and and I've recently I've seen a number of occasions barn owls sitting on fences in, in, uh, in the night here, which, which, which is good, to be honest. It's very good, and I saw a beautiful red kite just circling slowly over the wildflower meadow, looking for what might be down below to feed its, to, I suppose, to feed itself. It won't be having any young yet, but they have also paired up and seem to be surviving well. And I think Simon has put up a hatch for a peregrine falcon again, once more on the roof of the castle, because we used to have a pair. And sadly, one died, I believe, and then finally it's part Very died. good to have a pair up there, because they can ward off the endless pigeons that want to come and live all around there, making it a far too, too much mess. It'd be great to have the, the falcons there. But, I mean, from, from, from buzzards, uh, sparrow hawks, the beautiful red kite with, it, with its extraordinary um, gliding ability, um, different types of owls, including the barn owl, which is one of the most incredibly specialised uh, birds there is in terms of, of being able to hunt in extraordinary conditions. Mm. I think I think Highclere is 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 well served with many different types of wildlife. I mean, the, the deer uh, have done very well. There's a lot of different um, roe and fallow deer around at the moment. There are. If you look forward into this year, 2022, Geordie, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to, or what did you hope for? Well, I, I hope for for all of us that we can move forward with more confidence and and, and deal with this with the scourge of the of the of the COVID virus, which of course will allow more of us to actually get together and, and see each other and socialise, which, which should be um, wonderful. As a farmer, I'm, all, <laughs> I'm always hoping for perfect weather conditions at the right time, which is most unlikely to happen, but we always um, 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 pray, pray for that. And of course, as a, as a small um, um, 
breeder of racehorses with my few mares. I'm hoping for my three youngsters to come out on the track and sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> but that may <laughs> be a, a wish too far, but there's always hope. <laughs> yes, well, I'm also excited because this year I've got a few talks in America to which I'm much looking forward. And then I'm also embarked on my next book writing project, which has quite a sharp deadline because it is the centenary year of the discovery of the tomb of Tutankhamun in the autumn. Yes, it's a very exciting year for my great-grandfather's really extraordinary work with Howard Carter a um, hundred years back, culminating in the find of the, the greatest psychological find ever in the Valley of, of the Kings. And, and I hope uh, the people of Egypt will really benefit from this celebration with the new museum. Uh, Absolutely. I, 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 to closer to the to, to the pyramids, I'm sure we, we're really looking forward to seeing everything being beautifully presented there. We're looking forward to returning to Egypt for these celebrations. Um, I, I should also, it'll, it'll be exciting to be on on hopefully in August on on, on one of the new Viking ships um, going on the Nile this year. That would be so magical, wouldn't it? Because that's in the, in the diary at the moment, and I'm really, really praying that that, that, that that will happen, because if that all happens well, then it'll be an enormous boost to, to the people of Egypt and their economy and tourism, and of course to everyone interacting around the world, and it'll be really a, a, a step forward. I'm really looking forward to that happening. Of course, we're also looking forward to the christening of the new ocean ship out in Malta in May as well, and let's hope that all goes well. Yes. No, I know we have got... Well, I think the discovery of the tomb of Tutankhamun was the first global world media event. That's how it's regarded. And so it's now one century later this year that yet again we are celebrating the success, the achievement of your great-grandfather and Howard Carter. Equally well, I think the Downton Abbey film and series has also become a world media event. So we are so lucky we have that coming out on... March the 18th, so that's pretty soon now, two or three months. And I hope that everybody will really, really enjoy it. It's called A New Era, and I think we are all ready for a new era, aren't we? And I suspect that your ancestors, our ancestors in the 20s, were also hoping for a new era, Geordie, after the First World War and the flu pandemic of their time we all needed to sparkle to look up we do we all need to, to look forward with, with with confidence and i and, and and we work so closely together with, with with viking river cruises and i hope that they can really come back from a very difficult time with with covid on, on the nile on the ocean in the mediterranean or wherever it'll be brilliant for, for them it's great for high clear great for the people of all the world to be um meeting up and, and getting together again and i really pray that that can happen and there is and there is peace in, in 2022. Well, perhaps more peace than there's been. I just hope, hope for that the, we, at the moment we, we're all aware of, of, of the difficult tensions in the world in, in different places, but, let, but let's hope that nothing f further comes of that and then we can all move forwards in harmony in 2022. It is ironic, isn't it? Because it's such a beautiful world and we've, in a sense, writing Seasons at Highclere, I was trying to celebrate the harmony, the beauty, the coherence the heritage, the centuries that we've lived successfully, grown food, cooked and been together, and yet looking out sometimes with the windows onto the other worlds today, it seems so fragile and precarious, and what we should be celebrating, we're fighting over. It does seem ironic sometimes, but the only thing to do, I think, is putting one foot in front of another and trying to treat people with kindness and to keep on going. And I know that's probably naive, but nevertheless, perhaps it's a better way to live. 
Well, the, the one thing that's been extraordinary over the last uh, 10 years of, of our um, Haiku being renowned as, as, as a place to, to visit from around the world is quite how many people from different parts of the world have come here and, and, and that we've met. And, and, and there is a, a common humanity amongst us all, which is, which is important for thing to, to realise in the end, because actually we have to cooperate to overcome the challenges of the world in, in, in climate, in people movement, in, in, in agriculture, industry and everything. And, and just in a microcosm way, um, you know, Julius Ferris's amazing stories, Highclere is, is an extraordinary building and its position here in, in Britain, in the world of Britain, with, it, with its soft reputation for, for great creativity and sort of soft power in the world, it brings people together from all corners of the world. And let's hope we continue to do that in 2022. That'd be wonderful. The new era is back. Hopefully, though. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Geordie, so much for joining me today.